Hello and welcome to episode two of season two of Thacker Sunday Hangover. That sounds a bit surreal to say. And we're actually here today with the guy that started it all with me, Mr. Benjamin Law, for his fourth appearance. How you doing, mate? Not too bad. Not too bad. I know. Number four already. I know. Well, you're you're pretty much part of the furniture now. You're uh, <laughs> you're, you're you're pretty much doing it with me. Absolutely, well. absolute juice of the. Uh, <laughs> not at all, mate. You're one of the star guests. I love it. <laughs> How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Not so bad. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a long old week. I'll tell you what. There's been. I don't know. I know you're in events and stuff like that, so maybe you're not as affected by it. But at the moment in my industry, there's so much knock and effect from supply chain constraints coming out of the Far East and just in manufacturing at the minute, mm-hmm. which has meant that sometimes when we complete deals for some clients, the lead time is like two months to get deals actually shipped to them. Um, and that's not just my company, that's industry wide. So actually finding the words to say to people when you're like, ah, oh, yeah, your, your stuff's not going to be arriving for two months. They're, and they're going a bit mad. Mm. Um, it can be a bit draining, mate, I'll be honest, especially as, uh, yeah, and, and you know, still working from home. Um, I feel like, I don't know what it's like for you, but in general, working from home is pretty stressful. Mm. Um, and I feel like when we first moved to working from home back in, you know, when the pandemic first hit, it, it seemed like we were constantly at our desk, always available. So clients knew exactly where you are, where you're going to be, you know, how available you are. Um, and so, you know, the responsibilities and the amount of actions that you're taking on a daily basis just went up and up and up. And now the world is going back to the way it used to be slightly, where we've got that kind of hybrid where you're working from home sometimes, but working in the office. Um, the responsibilities and demands has not really come down from that initial surge. And so it feels like we're being asked to do everything and anything um with less well less and less time basically so uh mm. yeah mate it's been it's been a long old week i'm looking forward to the weekend let's put it that way well friday now isn't it so exactly weekend, it? exactly with ruggers tomorrow looking forward to that big test against Roslyn park That's who uh, have got off to a good start um be be nice and physical tomorrow so definitely looking forward to getting stuck into those boys yeah. i'm still That's waiting good. on you to to announce your return to the club mate <laughs> Still a bit in a bit of a hiatus. Still a bit of a sabbatical at the moment. What, what's 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 your thinking on that? I mean, you don't have to tell me on the on the podcast, <laughs> but I know that initially it was because, and it, very sensibly, I don't know. Well, I'm sure you won't mind me saying it, but I think it was just because you had worries about concussion. I think you had a couple in a row, and then obviously you want to look after your head because it's very mm-hmm. important. And concussion is such a hot topic at the minute in terms of learning more about it. Is it still related to do with that? How how is your head? Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was, you know, transition to flat row, and I think I was a bit unlucky. It was a relatively uh, well in a in a physical role as it was as a bat rower, um, but sort of took it upon myself to try and be as, as physical as I as I could. At um, ninety kilograms and six foot wasn't always <laughs> wasn't always um, you know I didn't always come off off the best. Um, but yeah, strung strung two or three quite soon after wasn't probably looked at I mean myself to blame just as much as anyone else um so it just started to then impact sort of other areas of my life um so yeah so it got to the end of the season I ended up getting injured um 
it just two weeks before the first lockdown. So I sort of used that as my um, as my reason to kind of knock, knock it on the head for a bit. And, and obviously, we we all had to take some time off. Yeah. Um, but I thought, okay, well, I'll give it I'll give it this time and then um, see see where it's at. But yeah, so it's it was of- a good it was a good opportunity for you to you know when um, the pandemic happened. I suppose it kind of. It gave you a rest from rugby. It gave you an opportunity to do some other things, which I know that we've spoken about before in the podcast. Where you, you know you got massively into your fitness, your nutrition, the running, which um, you've kept up, and we'll go on to some of the challenges that you've been doing um, recently a bit later. Mm-hmm. But looking back on the you know the rugby part, and you know, do you wish that you'd maybe flagged up the concussions a bit sooner? I know it's very you know. One of the things that we'll go on to talk about around men's mental health and how we regard ourselves and how we, you know, you know, um, kind of brush things under the carpet from a mental standpoint are very, it's still very evident, but also that happens from a physical standpoint, especially around concussion, doesn't it? Where we kind yeah. of think, oh, I'll be okay. Or, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be seen to be letting the side down, so to speak, in that old fashioned view of things. So you kind of just don't really announce that you've got a concussion. You think, oh, I'll be okay. But yeah. do you wish in hindsight that you probably flagged that up a bit? bit sooner yeah I think I was just a bit more I was quite immature I guess at the time I was sort of very early 20s when it started happening um but yeah it it sort of segues into into the whole mental health thing as well I think with with men in general and this this idea of um there were plenty of times where I knew I wasn't in in good nick um and I was the only one to know that I'd, I'd diagnosed that myself saying that my head wasn't right um you know a couple of fuzzy days or forgetfulness um, a few little telltale signs, and just you know, you, you know, you just don't feel yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and that then I yeah made the decision at the time that I it was kind of set in me from early age. That's what you got to do. You got to get on with it. Um, and then it was only really because of the the kind of the last few years that there's been a few sort of pioneers to it of actually saying, hold on, let's let's take a little step back here because we've got blokes that you know really struggling once they've retired or are then even during their play like playing career. Um, you know, really struggling with it. And it's obviously got such a knock-on effect. Um, same with any injury, you know, a dodgy shoulder, you play on, you might then injure it more. Um, and suddenly the, the it's like an exponential growth of, of your kind of recovery time and how you then deal with it later on in life. And I think they all kind of go hand in hand with with the kind of mentality surrounding it. Yeah, I think I think now we all just need to be better at sticking our hands up and being honest early. And I think... Um, Danny Cipriani actually is he's now playing at Bath. I think last game week he I think he took a knock to the head, kept playing, and then took a knee, uh, put his hand up, said, I'm not feeling quite right, and they took him off for a HIA, which I think he failed. So that from him was a really good example as the best way to do it is just to be yeah. open and honest. Because realistically, if you get a concussion and it's a mild one, um, then you might be out for three weeks. Uh, you know, three weeks is usually the the protocol around the mm-hmm. road to recovery. You usually are not doing anything for the first 10 days and then you take a graduated kind of return to play. Um, but three weeks in comparison to the rest of your life is an, is an incredibly short time. Mm-hmm. And so something that I, you know, whenever I'm coaching now, I'll do some stuff with the Colts, with the rugby club and um, do some stuff with the under 13s as well one thing that I urge the guys to be is, is honest because, you know, having a second concussion on top of the first can be fatal and it's really dangerous. And so I think 
it's, it's, it's about the knowledge, you know, you need to have the knowledge as to how it actually affects you with concussion. And I think that's something that is not necessarily widespread um, unless someone sat you down and actually educated on you. It's not something that you seek out in your everyday life, is it? You know, what are the effects of concussion? That's not something you type into Google. So we do need more education around it. One thing I'd just urge people to be is, is honest, stick your hand up three weeks. Well, honestly, it goes by very quickly. And when it comes to the rest of your life and having your brain all scrambled and, and mm. yeah, God knows what kind of bad side effects that you may suffer later on from having a double concussion, um, yeah. you know, you're saving yourself a lot of long run hurt in that respect. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's that kind of, it's that silent injury. Um, a lot like mental health is, it is that kind of behind closed doors, you, you know, you almost, you know, unless you get into CT scan territory, you, yeah. you have to self-diagnose. So it all comes back to um, it's honesty and sort of accountability um, and being aware of your um, your position at the time and how you feel. And then um, obviously that's for the great greater good of, of, of everyone really, isn't it? So Yeah, exactly. Because no one wants to... Yeah, no, no one wants to see you struggling on with a concussion. And sometimes you know when someone's not completely at it and it's only going to hinder them and no no one wants to see you hinder yourself when when you've got a concussion it doesn't benefit anyone long term so the best thing is stick your hand up be honest um talk to people if you're not quite sure ask the questions uh and i think that's probably the biggest takeaway but having said all of that you know you, you having a little flirt with the idea of returning um would that be more of a social side or uh i think whatever i think the, the way I thought about it, and I think a lot of people will can do is obviously it was it was fine tuned into me from from a young age that regardless of level or you know whatever um, stage of your career you're in, it was it was sort of all all you thought about. Um, and me myself, when it when it was the only thing I thought about, and then I, I suddenly couldn't find myself doing it. Um, I was at a loss for a little while, but also then it gave me the chance to try new things and kind of find new interests and other hobbies that I then I now still do and, and really enjoy. Um, so it's just, again, it's, it's, you've got to balance up what's, what's good for you. So it's definitely, it's a sport I love and a sport I want to keep playing, but I've just got to sort of do it on my terms and, and yeah. my body's terms, I guess. But no, I definitely, um, I definitely be returning to, to play and it's because it is a, a sport like rugby and um, like pr- pretty much any other sport I've been involved with. Um, it does give you the opportunity to to meet with people and socialise. It's more of a, um, you know, it's an all rounder as opposed to just playing and, and missing um, and missing the sport. It's actually it's everything else that kind of is encapsulated within that. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about rugby is that it's that community feel. I mean, I'm you know very privileged to be part of Stortford, which is a, a super community club. You know, lots of people know each other around the club. Very supportive. We've got. Uh, the one just one click away program where you know they're looking after our mental health as well checking in on emails and things like that which is a great initiative um, but just you know the changing room banter is, is something that you know when you're not around the club or you, you know having been away for so long because of COVID and you're not having that changing room banter it's something you definitely miss but at the same time like you kind of alluded to you know when when you don't have rugby you it's important not to make one individual thing your be all and end all because when that thing gets taken away you can feel a bit lost so it's important to take other interests as well whether that be other sports hobbies you know whatever it is you need to have a a balance of things so I think you said before you know rugby was everything you did it all the time 
and then when that got taken away, you kind of felt like the you know rug was taken away slightly from underneath your feet and socially maybe a little bit at a loss. So, if you, and I know since then you've then, um, I suppose, got into lots of different things. Me personally, I got into doing the podcast, which is really good creative outlet for me. I think you got into your running, fitness, CrossFit, that kind of stuff. So that was another physical outlet for you, but it was something else to keep you occupied that wasn't rugby. Mm-hmm. I think that's massively important because you never know when the next you know pandemic is going to happen you never know when the next you know injury which which is going to keep you out of rugby specifically is going to happen so you do need those other things to support you uh to stimulate you i guess because it's really important you can't just be working all the time and then at the end of the day you then go oh well i haven't got rugby so i have nothing and mm-hmm. netflix gets a, a tedious after a while so you do need those other hobbies to, to support it i guess right absolutely so, mate, um, we're we're on the the podcast this week for quite a, you know important reason, and that's to bring to light the great work that Encourage are doing. Um, so, Encourage are new to me. I know that you're involved, um, and I know members of Encourage. Um, but just in terms of you know a brief, who are Encourage? What do they do? Um, and then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, of course. So I'm. Um, it's uh, somewhat of a, a relatively new a member to, to the team. Um, sort of got welcome, welcomed on board with open arms. Um, it's basically coming off a, a successful year last year. Um, we're about twenty blokes. Um, used this month, uh, other month of November, to fundraise and um, do what they could um, through a, a whole host of, of challenges and, and activities. Um, to raise money for uh, for November, um, they ended up being in the top three F and F sort of um, earners of November um, for November. They raised over twenty three thousand um, pounds for the charity, which was unbelievable. Um, you know, and, and off of that, they're delighted with how many people sort of um, you know cashed in not only um, you know with money, but actually in in terms of um, engagement and conversation. Um, and they wanted to do it bigger and better this year, so they're um, aiming to have 40, um, 40 blokes this year um, uh, in November and doing more challenges and basically just trying to um, get as much engagement and as much conversation out of it as possible um, because that is, at the end of the day, what what is the main goal. I think, you know, for November, they obviously, um, one of the three sort of big things they tackle is the men's mental health and suicide prevention. Um, so it's, it's, it's more about getting those conversations um, started and then that has a, a sort of positive connotation and a, a positive trend then um, forevermore to try and get a, a few of the um, quite scary statistics to get uh, to get a bit lower in terms of mental health and, and, and things that are happening. Um, and that's it really. So it's, it's, you know, not just about the month of November. It's obviously a big month for November, but um trying to make sure that it's it's happening all year round um and it's not just a case of doing some some fun activities and some things to try and raise some money like we said it's a it's a big chance to to have some some quite um good conversations and try and get something the ball rolling in that respect um which is you know one of the main the main things yeah um and yeah that's kind of that's kind of the, the the sort of the brief outline of the group so we want to get bigger and better this year um i'm really really delighted and quite proud to be part of this group um, I'm really looking forward to kind of tackling as, as much as I can do and, and and being as active as I can that month. And then, you know, sort of forevermore is, is just trying to then um, 
you know, try and have a, an impact again all year round and, and have conversations and, and do my bit. You know, yeah, definitely. Been... Yeah. So I mean, mate, it's brilliant. And I think what, what encourage you doing um, is fantastic. I think fundraising on behalf of Movember, it's, it, you know, for people that don't know about Movember, um, that, you know, they're, they're a charity that are, I think primarily, well, their, their efforts are primarily concentrated around mental health awareness and the reduction um, of suicide or suicide prevention. And yeah, I think it's obviously massively important. I think we've I've spoken about it multiple times on the podcast before around mental health, my personal journey with it. Um, we've had James Budd on from, you know, uh, he's associated with Loose Heads recently around his challenge that he did. And I think there, as much as there have been some really fantastic efforts in terms of spreading the conversation and we are definitely heading in the right direction, we're still not where we need to be um, as a society, as a country. Uh, I still see on pretty much a daily, if not every other day basis, uh, men still feeling like they need to be closed off when they're talking about how they are um, and not being truthful and honest and open when you, you can see, you know, how they might not be themselves and you kind of question them on it and you know I say how are you but how are you really and then they still don't really want to open up and I still think there's that residual underlying fear that opening up will make you vulnerable somehow and I think that comes through generations of men just stamping down their emotions and just compressing them um, and letting it all bubble bubble underneath the surface whilst on you know well, whilst not, you know, on the surface of things, you look fine, you're pretending everything's fine, you might deflect, you might distract people from the actual deep, deeper topics mm-hmm. as to how you really are. And I think those are the things that really need changing. Um, but I also have an opinion around just carrying on the conversation compared to action as well. And mm-hmm. I was interested to get your opinion on this, Ben, because I think for me, and especially is of you know people like yourself who have been involved in a sporting environment where uh, mental health has been a prevalent conversation, especially in the media and things like that. You know, it has been really a hot topic for a number of years now. Um, but in general society, I still don't think it's the number one priority. When there's there's been so many things going on in the country, right? Pandemic, Brexit mm-hmm. before that, um, refugee crisis. I mean, the world is a melting pot of different social issues. And I don't think at the moment that mental health is at the top of that list um, or anywhere near it, actually, even though I think the statistic was 18 people are taking their life a week uh, in this country. And that's tragic because that is such a preventable thing. So I suppose what I want to know is how do you think going forward we can best convert that conversation into actionable change? Hmm. Yeah, I mean... Saying it's 2017, it was just under 6,000 suicides, 75% were blokes. Um, still, I'm not sure the exact um, numbers now, but it's it's um, the number one, if not in the in the two largest causes uh, of, of deaths for blokes in the, in the UK. Um, and if that doesn't sort of say it as a statistic, then I don't know what will. Mm. Um, there is obviously a massive um, a massive stereotype and there's lots of expectations that we still have, have as men. And even though we are in this kind of hyper um, equal society, um, I think when it always comes back to you and yourself, there are these sort of um, these bred expectations, these stereotypes that you feel that you need to sort of um, portray. And 
um, I think a lot of the again it comes back to that accountability and um, all that that sort of bravery of being able to be vulnerable for a bit because I think a lot of the time even uh, even if you are that guy that doesn't feel great he's not the one that wants to then put it on anyone else um, and that's the kind of then the, the loophole that we find ourselves in where it's why not just have these conversations um, even if it's a passing conversation daily or um, or check-ins or you know say it's that kind of change the narrative where it's more of a um, a regular conversation because then it, then it kind of gets filtered out and if there is any signs um, to maybe go in further then they they become prevalent um, or they sort of appear in that in that conversation so yeah so yeah I'd agree I think it's um it's difficult to have that conversation to start with I think the people that are very good at it and the people that are known for being good people to go to, I think sometimes they'll attract a lot of people who want to open up about specific issues and, and things that are going on with them. And sometimes that can lead to, just by proxy and by nature of how human beings are, that can lead to fatigue when you're trying to listen to a lot of people. Because everyone's got stuff going on, right? So when, when you place these conversations on other people i think you have to accept that there is um a level of responsibility that they're taking on which then is is inherently quite fatiguing and, and tiring to be able to talk through someone's problems but then not just talk through one person but multiple people who they may be speaking to because everyone's got stuff going on do you think that sometimes then given that context some people yeah, when they when they want to go to their friend who they know has got a lot of stuff going on themselves or might might have spoken to four other people who might have stuff going on, they might not go, ah, oh, you know, Ben's got quite a lot going on at the moment. Actually, you know what, I'm not going to bother with him, and, you know, bother it with him at the moment um, and put it off and put it off and keep putting it off because they think actually he doesn't want to hear it because he's hearing it from multiple other people. Don't know yeah. how, I don't know how well I've put that, but I just no, feel no. like, I feel like sometimes that could be the perceived, you know, because I'll be honest, I've felt that when, you know, when I was going through a bit of a rubbish patch, um, I think it was last November and I was in a really dark place. Um, I think it was last November. Honestly, time is going very quickly. But I I remember speaking to someone um, who I didn't necessarily see every day. It was on the phone, but they they were in, you know, regular check-ins with me. And I felt like, this burden that I was like, every time I'm speaking to them at the minute, I'm just dumping all this shit on them. And mm. it's, it's, it's helping me, but I, I don't know how it must be from their side. Obviously I think we'll both agree. We'd rather speak to someone rather than, you know, go to their funeral or see them in a really, really shit place. But I don't know. I just feel like some people might be scared to open up because they're worried about the burden that it will put on someone else. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's it's kind of yeah that passing on of uh, the responsibility, or you feel like you need something to get off off your chest, but in the same breath, you you don't want to then put a burden on someone else. So it's it is this kind of this hesitation from both ends, where um, yeah, you feel like I mean, you kind of even said it in, in your conversation about you know putting pressure on them when they've been busy or they might be busy at work or. And I think this is where the narrative then might need to change a bit because, well, what happens if we put the mental health stuff or the checking on your mate as a almost as a priority, um, and actually we start 
discussing how we feel before we discuss how busy work was or yeah you know or you know oh you've had a, a long day at work or well let's just you know let's nip it in the bud a bit why not you know initiate the conversation with how that person's feeling um and then that kind of filters down and if it is the reason they feel a bit crap is because of the work then then you kind of know the angle to go down and you can kind of go from there um but i've been yeah. in the same spot mate you, you know you've got to make those conscious decisions of sometimes you you need to be in your own head a bit and um, have some time away from people or, you know, take some time to have a think of yourself. But um, yeah, it's kind of just, it's um, maybe prioritizing that, that initial conversation first might be a lot, a lot better than, um, you know, sort of worrying about, about everything else. It almost needs to be the, the, um, the priority in the conversation. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, um, I think that's probably one of the most, impactful things that we can educate people around around mental health is actually how to have those conversations because it's really you know there's one thing taking an interest in mental health and making sure you're educated and making sure you're able to spot the signs because you know you you, you know you can look at body language you can uh, look at the type of language they're using um you can you can have a look at yeah, you know, whether they're active on the group chat or whether they're they're dodging going to the pub, those things, you know, they're they're quite easy to spot. To take it to the next level though, and actually actively having a conversation with someone around their mental health when, you know, no one, yeah, apart from mental health professionals, no one's a professional in this. No one, you know, no one fully knows what they're doing. So all they can really do is be there for them. But if we can educate people. You know, not me and you, but as a society, we can educate more people around how to have those conversations. I think that would be the most impactful thing that we can do rather than just raise awareness, have a look at the signs, look at the symptoms. How can we make things better together? Um, and, and you know, there's not there's not one miracle cure. It's, you know, there's not one conversation that they're going to have. And, you know, someone's going to go, oh, the world's peachy again. I'm great. You know, yeah. but just by able to having those little and often conversations, by, by being able to share the load, you know, concentrate, like you said, on how people are feeling, get into the crux of the issue and really trying to just alleviate that burden and, and, and lift them up slightly. And if we can all do that, if we can lift each other up, then as a society, I mean, we're, we'll be in such a better place. Uh, yeah. And I think, I mean, going back to encourage the, the, the main three, um, three words, the sort of, what stuck in my head the first time I ever saw it was unity, honesty, and bravery. I think they sort of encapsulate the whole process and 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 the sort of the thought process behind everything. And that word bravery keeps coming back, and it's just being brave enough to initiate the conversation in the first place. Um, and I, I mean bravery to a certain degree. I, I was thinking on the car on the, on the on the you know on the way here before setting up this podcast. I thought um, for a brief moment, I thought in my head that you know someone might listen, no one might listen or a few people might listen, but all it takes is one person to listen to this, you know, dross chat between me and a lad I've known since I've, you know, since I've been four years old, yeah. talking about this kind of stuff. And if it does initiate a conversation, then, you know, that's a positive and that's that's one one more conversation to the good. Exactly. Um, and that's the kind of thing. We can come on here and have a, a podcast and, and it's a platform and an opportunity for people to listen in and, and say we don't claim to be experts, but if if anyone uh, listens to this conversation and it kicks them on to maybe go and check in on their mate, then, you know, it's one, again, one conversation to the good, which, which is a, a massive success in my eyes. And obviously this whole thing with encourage and, and what we're doing and, and the movement itself, 
is to kind of day in day out try and be you know better blokes to each other and better blokes to ourselves and get these conversations started and like i say it only takes that one conversation so just be brave enough to to do it it's a lot braver it's a lot easier to be brave when you're in a collective i think um and if we if we have that general recognition that most people are in the same boat where you know most people have got something going on whether you want to admit it or not you know people will have things wrong maybe not all the time but occasionally and by reaching out to people you know when we're connected we have that unity we have that strength and in that strength you you can afford to be more brave because we're together and there's that safety net Mm. um it's incredibly difficult thing to speak out on your own and to reach out to someone um completely off your own back you know it's, it's a tough thing to do but i think we all need to take that you know proactive step forward and and do things before they get too bad as well um i think that's a massive thing because there's no point when you're in absolute crisis mayday mode then reaching out to someone because you know we can prevent you know you can, we can all try and prevent these things from happening way before when we identify small things that are going on and just by having that conversation and talking through things out working through solutions and coming up with ideas and you know what usually when i have uh, conversations with people around if something's gone wrong mental health all that kind of stuff it's usually just let's think about some ideas as to how to make things better what works for you you know loads of different things and and usually that then spurs a chain of thought that then leads to action and then things get better in time so that's 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 the and i think yeah you've got it spot on in terms of encourages core values i think Mm. um massively important when we're having those conversations so um you have been doing some challenges recently if that am i correct you've um Um, when you went up to loughborough that was one of the encouraged challenges that was um that was an opportunity uh sort of put my way as uh, a friend who's also um, had had a, a time off rugby um, due to concussion and injury, um, and it was actually a group. Of, it was a group of people um, who have done these things before. It was uh, me and my friend, and then everyone else in the group. There were seven of us. Um, they were all ex-military. Um, we had uh, amputee um, and that kind of thing. And this this group of amazing people um, were, were taking part in an event called TSP, which is from the Speed Project. Um, which is basically a yearly race in America. Um, and it's a, a team relay race starting in LA um, and finishing in uh, Las Vegas. Um, so I was kind of a bit un- unknown of all of all of this um, and I got the invite. And obviously due to COVID, they'd um, turned the race into a virtual um, timed relay race kind of thing. So um, travelled up to Loughborough um, and, and sort of, relay ran for 30 odd hours which was was good but it was again comes back into that sort of it's a bravery of doing it but the unity the the group that i was with i was very lucky and very um very honored to be part of that uh, part of that group that that ran um i feel like i almost learned a lot about myself and and um you know and had some really interesting conversations and stories um and yeah that's that was another uh, an example of something that puts things into perspective if you know, um, and, and it, it was good, good to get a good mental and physical challenge. Um, so yeah, so those, those types of things, I think that comes back into after leaving the rugby stuff where you are challenged physically and mentally every week, suddenly you don't have that stimulation and nothing quite 
nothing quite compares, I guess. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of that sport and what what it can do. Um, so yeah, that's why these these sort of challenges uh, I think are good and and pushing yourself mentally and physically because one, it's an excuse to keep fit, mm-hmm. um, and two, I, I I genuinely think it's like training any other muscle in your body. I think kind of small regular mental challenges that you overcome um can can really work towards a bigger goal and and really really satisfy because um you know there's so something like running is it's it's really accessible and also quite social so it's mm. yeah it's been it's been a good a good thing which is why i've sort of jumped at the bit any any um sniff i had at helping helping these lads out and being part of a group um that are going to do some some really really cool stuff in november yeah um, and raise some awareness at the same time um yeah, jump to jump to the charts. Great stuff. And what were um, if you can cast your mind back? Because I know it was a, a few weeks ago now. But what you know, in terms of when you were having those conversations, some of the ones that stood out the best don't necessarily have to be around mental health, but just as a result of being in that social environment and um, the things that kind of you know resonated with you. Well, um, what well, I mean, so it's been a third, quite a long time with with the people in in sort of unsociable hours. Um, and I mean, some conversations, I mean, there's, you've got people there that have, have served, um, and some good conversation about that and now they're open, but how that, um, you know, the results of their, uh, of serving for their country, how that's impacted that, their life now, be it mental or physical, um, and then how they overcome that. And I think that's, you know, being put in that situation is, is quite an extreme, um, again, extreme mental and physical test um that can have some quite long um long-standing effects later in life or, or or forever once you know once these things happen um and it's just this kind of gratitude i think of just making sure that every, you know every day counts and and lucky lucky to be here every day mm. um and again you kind of kind of filter that into um this kind of idea of gratitude every day and that's another thing that um it helps it helps i guess you know trying to trying to feel gratitude every day um you know is a good sort of coping mechanism i think to kind of put, spur you on a bit yeah i love it and that, i suppose is that one of the things you think you learnt most about yourself when you when you, you so you're actively and i draw a parallel between opening up and having conversations about mental health when you're doing these challenges you're you're taking a step out of your comfort zone you're pushing your body and your mind to a place it's never been before um, so the overwhelming things that you learn about yourself, I'm guessing one of them is just to be grateful for every day, grateful for the conversations you're having and for people sharing experiences and things like that. Yeah. And it's, I think resilience, I think I've always, I'm, I'm relatively self-aware. And I think being so self-aware is, is where a lot of my self-doubt used to come from being very critical. And I think doing, doing things like this, where you can push yourself and it, it's anything, it's anything that you feel is, is pushing yourself outside of a comfort zone that you may not have experienced before um and you do learn about a lot about yourself and you kind of you put your you know your body and your mind in a situation that's that's not normal and and something you don't necessarily want to be doing um and it's that idea of resilience and that's i think being resilient is good um you know um not being arrogant but being grateful and and being resilient and um is you know is, is quite a good mix i think and you do get that from 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 active an active lifestyle but an active you know any activity or um or challenge or anything like that really be it yeah. physical or or not um 
Yeah, resilience, resilience is an interesting word, especially around mental health, because I think there, there is, um, it, it might be a little bit controversial kind of topic, um, but at the moment there seems to be, amongst our generation, a general acceptance of mental health and that when someone else is struggling that we gen- genuinely take that stuff seriously um, because, you know, there can be catastrophic consequences should you not at the same time however and this is the probably the controversial bit but i do have seen examples or maybe heard of examples where small things can knock you in life and then or or, or bad things might happen and then we kind of automatically default to bad mental health like as almost a a, a trigger reaction or something like that and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily um what's the word it doesn't necessarily discredit the what they might be going through um but i feel like there does need to be an active effort to build up your resiliency in order to protect your mental health so that small things in general when they do happen um and and we can't we can't control everything that happens in life you will have you know, so you might have a really negative um, negative experience with someone on the bus where they've bumped you and they've been horrible, um, but that's nothing to do with you, but that could affect you badly. Now, it's, it's building up the tools and the resiliency to take that situation and not let yourself get completely um, affected by that where it's going to be long-lasting and you're going to get in a complete rut because of it. Mm. So I do, I do feel like there does need to be more effort Rather than just accepting, oh, I'm in a bad mental health space, this is shit, Um, I'm just going to stay here, there needs to be an acceptance of, okay, I'm in a bad mental health space and it's okay not to be okay. I'm going to work hard to get out of this space by talking through action, by doing things that are good for Mm me, by being open, but also building up my resiliency and learning the tools, whether that be from a psychologist, whether that be through experimentation in terms of what works for you, build up your resiliency so that when do, bad things do happen, we have the tools to recognize and be able to get things better rather than just sitting back and accepting it. With that, I could be chatting complete waffle, but that for me is something that I'm just identifying at the moment around the yeah, whole mental health sphere. I do think day to day, um, you need those, you just need good habits. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the thing is with, with mental health, it is that. Um, sort of that, that silent thing that thing that um you can show so uh, show no signs um people in the media who um are portrayed in a certain way are actually dealing with demons that no one knew they had until it's too late um you know and i think like you say it is, it is there is this this idea of you know how can we prevent um and i do think sometimes we are put in positions where um thoughts and feelings are out of your control or you know some more than others um and i think yeah it is more that again i come back to i think it's i just think it's three such three brilliant words of unity honesty and bravery i think it's having the bravery the bravery to try and you know self-assess um the honesty to to say something and then the unity to um i guess you know to be there for someone as much as, as they might be there for you um and I, I think maybe lots of little conversations and and 
you know upkeep on on this kind of, kind of thing can really can really make a difference but the problem is there are always going to be examples where um you know it can't be helped um there is a bit of a spectrum but i think what what you can do as a you know as a, as an extrinsic factor to someone or uh, you know or try and do yourself if day to day like you say you are in a bit of a rut is to have good habits in place or um yeah, try and be self-aware and, and try and sort of go through that step, those steps. Like, so those um, processes that are going to then maybe pick you up a bit. Um, and yeah, let's say everyone's different. It is a, a journey, isn't it? You got you, yeah. you, you can't, you don't have to go about it alone, your journey, but it is something that you need to figure out yourself because no one can do it for you. Um I think that's one thing that I found is that no matter how many words of encouragement or conversations I had, if I wasn't taking the steps or action to make things proactively better myself, then they weren't going to get better because there's only so many times someone can say, you know, it's okay not to be okay. I'm here to listen. Um, you, you know, it's fine or, you know, you'll be fine. Um, and, and all these words of encouragement, which I massively appreciated, but until I did things like, oh, actually, I've just been on a walk and listened to some music for an hour and I've got out and seen some sunshine. And now I do feel genuinely better about the world, having taken in some fresh air and things like that. And, you know, not not stuff that completely changes the landscape of, of my life is it's small things, but it's small things that make things marginally better every single day. And until you take that action yourself, until you until you you know are brave and and you take things into your own hands things can't get better because no one else can do that for you so i think it is your own journey but it's a journey that you don't have to go through alone i guess would be would yeah be and i think it's, it's it's the more uh the more people are kind of kind of open about their story might might then um you know be the catalyst towards someone else maybe coming forward and i think that's yeah. always good it's that sort of openness that honesty um and that's again why i'm so excited to kind of get the conversation rolling and, and have a big month of, of November and lots of stuff planned. Again, it, it's, you know, some uh, things we're doing, some activities, some um, events, some uh, lots of physical challenges, but also it's, it's more about just, you know, um, getting that, getting those conversations um, and, and sharing the importance of just getting those conversations started and, and people talking to each other. But, yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely. And there's lots of challenges um, coming up, which are incredibly exciting. And um, yeah, I guess we, we can go into those. So what kind of things are encouraged looking to do? Um, what are you personally looking forward to in terms of getting, you know, getting involved with? And also if people did want to get involved in these challenges, you know, what can they do to help or how can they track it? You know, what kind of things have, uh, have encouraged got coming up? Yeah, I think the main, there's still a few things in, in planning now. Obviously we've got um, most, most uh, blokes in the group are going to have their own challenges um, sort of what they're going to be doing throughout the month. Um, I mean, last year there was lots of, um, you know, daily press ups, burpees, um, sit ups, kind of things going on. A lot of um, distance run and cycled, um, so that kind of thing throughout the month um, as a general fundraiser. Um, there's a few events going on um, in the uh, second weekend. A group of fifteen of us um, are, uh, are driving to uh, Snowdon. We're going to be walking up Snowdon, um, which is um, Obviously, not maybe not the hardest mountain to to, to climb, 
um, in the UK, but it's a challenge of and, and something myself and, and others in the group haven't done before um, and something to tackle as a group. Um, so that's, that'll be, that'll be in the, the, the sort of the second weekend. Um, there's a couple of other things, group activities that are going to be going on and then um, you'll see them, see them online. Um, there's a gaming event. We've got a gaming event on, which last year was really, really good. Actually, I actually tuned in last year to watch. It was a 20 hour straight live stream. Um, a few of the lads that are, uh, um, slightly more technically skilled in the, in the gaming area. Um, I cannot say I'm one of those, <laughs> um, but it was a good watch and, and I say t- 20 hours of, of, of anything is, um, is, is pretty, pretty. Yeah. Pretty that's pretty grim. I, I, I start to feel slightly acidic after two. So yeah. let, alone, <laughs> let alone 20, that is absolutely right. horrible. Yeah. And that's a good, it, again, not only just a challenge, but a way for people to drop in and, um, you know, get involved Tom. i feel connected right that's that, it. it's, it's all about this involvement um and we're pretty much going to um we're pretty going to end up in the, the last weekend uh the barbars are playing at twickenham uh the barbarians um and there'll be a pretty pretty big group of us there watching um and i think you follow the instagram or any of the socials or the, or the charity page you'll be updated on sort of where we are what we're doing um so for example if you are you know that um the last weekend i can't remember the date of it actually but the last weekend of november that saturday um watching the bar bars at twickenham and if you're about supporting a, whether you have a moustache or not um you hmm. know and, and we'll sort of maybe put a location out and you know um and sort of see if we again all these things are less about the physical challenges and more about sort of being a catalyst for conversation Yep, um, and that's the, just it's basically a month of being as busy as possible, which we, were, uh, you and I both know, is something I'm pretty pretty good at. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Um, so yeah, and it, it's just really exciting, and just a, a month of let's say this unity, honesty, and bravery. Um, unity is a big part as well. Again, there's two, um, like yourself and myself, growing up playing a team sport, um, and know know the benefits of of having a, a group of good supportive blokes around you um goes a long way so that's yeah no, that's, that's mate it sounds fantastic it sounds like it's going to be a hectic month but definitely one that's going to raise a lot of conversation it's going to bring a lot of people together which is obviously brilliant i like the um the the mount snowden um challenge i i, I mean had i not maybe been you know got getting so involved with rugby and uh and had so many rugby commitments i would have been inclined to get involved in that one um maybe we'll see if i've got a free weekend or something but um i I like it because you know often mental health struggles can feel like an uphill battle which is obviously something that you'll be going through when climbing up the mountain um but something that if we do together and you're connected and you have those conversations that you know it actually we can lift each other up and that that as time goes on that mountain becomes less and less hard to climb because you know you can rely on those people around you uh, and rely on your own strength to get you where you need to go so i i really like that because you know those physical challenges there is a direct um kind of correlation between mental health struggles and physical uh struggles and challenges as well um so that's brilliant and i think it's gonna it's such a it's for such worthwhile and uh, worthy cause uh, in november the november link um wherever we can donate to them i'll put in the description below um ben mentioned uh you know whether you have a mustache or not uh when you know watching the bar bars game and linking up with the guys the reason for that is that november uh, everyone grows a mustache for the month of Mo- uh, november from the start 
Um, so if you want to get involved in that, that'd be fantastic. And I personally would love to see some great attempts. And if you want to send them in to the Thacker Sunday hangover page or indeed encourage them, I would absolutely love to see those and we can share those out. Maybe we can get a competition going. Um, but it all sounds really, really good. I really want to support that. Um, I'd like to get involved however I can. I'm sure people that are listening want to know how they can get involved and start donating. So I think we're going to put all the links, uh, the relevant links in the description below. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I think that at, at the end of the day, things like this are going to lead to such progressive and, and great and honest conversations around mental health. I think generationally we're getting better and better at it. Um, and I, I'm really happy that we have people like yourself, people like the leaders of these organizations coming through, you know, our generation, they will eventually be leaders and, you know, father figures and, you know, teachers and coaches and all these kind of things in a society where we have these core beliefs around mental health. I think, you know, it, it's going to be huge. And, and hopefully one day we live in a world where it's completely destigmatized um, in, a, in a world, in a society where we feel like we can be open and honest with each other uh, and that, you know, where we, we have no more people taking their lives at the end of the day. Because I think, you know, that's what it's all about is trying to reduce that. Uh, and making everyone feel comfortable, included, um, and valued in society, and yeah, have an app, have the most powerful and absolute voice um, to be able to you know do what they want to do, go about their life in a in a happy way. So, um, so yeah, no, well done, encourage, um, well done, November, and all the mental health charities that you know I've spoke about before or were involved with, you know, doing such great stuff. Um, just to wrap up, Ben. Actually, there's one thing I was going to suggest to you. I wanted to pick mm-hmm. as to whether you think this is a good idea. Um, one thing that I thought would be nice, and we can have direct action around mental health, and how you know by actually having conversations. Um, I was thinking about at a time potentially starting a walking club um, around Bishop Stortford or wherever it might be where we want to host them. Uh, maybe for a Sunday morning, which might be a struggle for some people suffering from hangovers after a big Saturday, which mm-hmm. I know I am partial for the occasional uh, <laughs> night out after the rugby win. Um, but what I think would be nice is if you get a big gr- bunch of people, go on a 10k walk and we're all talking about our lives, what's going on, how we're doing. And it doesn't necessarily need to be this walk of like doom and gloom and we're all unloading and venting you know, frustrations of the week. But sometimes it might call for that. Sometimes we'll have a really good time, grab some coffees, you know, have a laugh, have a joke, banter around, but just be amongst people, um, even in the winter months, because I think you need that. Whilst whilst the weather gets worse, people go indoors and become mm-hmm. less social. So actually sometimes winter it's the most needed to get connected and get out and be active with people. So that's something that I was thinking of doing as part of a you know maybe a Thacker Sunday hangover walk club or something mm-hmm. like that I think that'd be quite cool but um yeah what, what, what do you think of it I, I think these things again it's like any of these other challenges it just anything that promotes um any kind of uh, positive reaction is or anything positive is 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 well worth it um again you've got to think in the, in the long run it's these little differences and stuff like that I think is such a good idea um and yeah it's it's going to be not just if in november but just in general it's um it's trying to to back these plans in a way that you know you're you're more engaged and and seeing your friends and people and, and being about um and yeah there's an opportunity to do that so i think that's a quality idea 
Love it. We we might have an idea, people, and uh, maybe I'll put, if I can get this organised and get something cobbled together, then I shall put an Instagram post out um, and try and get some traction around the idea. And if people are interested, then we will get uh, we'll get a list together of people that want to go, set mm-hmm. some dates aside, and then let's go for a walk. Let's have a chat because um, you know what I'm I'm more than happy to chat to anyone anytime. Um, sometimes I can probably talk too much. um but but it'll be it'll be good fun but anyway benny boy uh where can people find encourage the efforts you know people are going to be doing the individuals or the group all together you know what was the shout out the tag in terms of fundraising page um and links clicky links like that um i'm sure we can put below whatever yeah um beneath this um in terms of content and um updates um, it'll be all on Instagram. We we'll put on Instagram. Be quite um, quite lively on there. Um, so that is at uh, underscore encourage with an I uh, underscore. So underscore encourage underscore, um, and that's where all the information is going to be put on. Um, a lot of sort of activity and um, and stuff will be put on there, as well as updates with, let's like say, any other um, events or things that people are doing. Um, and that's just going to be a, a nice place um, and a space for um, people to be engaged. So if you're listening to this and you want to keep updated, that is the Instagram to follow. Um, and yeah, you won't be uh, won't be disappointed. Fantastic. Mate, thanks very much for coming on. Your fourth appearance. I feel like um, I need to get something sorted, like a soccer um, yeah, hat. I'm still waiting for my football from the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get started. Or maybe I'll just have to buy you four pints and then every time you come on, it will just be a, a pint increase yeah. after that. But I know you're looking after the rig these days, so maybe it'll be GNTs. <laughs> anyway, th- thank you very much for coming on again, sir. I do appreciate it. And everyone, thank you very much for li- listening, even. Um, I really do appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, make sure that we're staying active. Get out there, talk to your mates, check in on them. Make sure you're looking after yourself. And I shall see you all very soon.